My name is uh, Dr. Nina Kaldenbrunner. I'm an associate professor in the economics division at Leeds University Business School. And I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Dr. Bianca Orsi, teaching fellow in the same division. Hi, Bianca. Hello. <laughs> good to be here. Um, so we would quite like to talk a bit about our research on currency internationalization particularly in the context of emerging markets, which is our area of expertise, and particularly uh, in the context and case of Brazil, which is Bianca's home nation and I have fallen in love with. So what we would quite like to do is to tell you a bit about what currency internationalization is, how it is defined, how it matters. And then we would quite like you to tell, tell you a bit about the research which we have been doing on the internationalization of the Brazilian real in for and in collaboration with the Brazilian Central Bank. And we're going to conclude a bit about on what policy recommendations come out of this and well, what's going on in the currency space at the moment, which Bianca has been following. So I'm going to kick things off uh, just telling you a bit about what currency internationalization is. And so far, I haven't um, mispronounced it, which I'm very proud of. And then Bianca is going to tell you a bit about so why it matters. So currency internationalization, in its simplest form of definition, is just the use of a domestic currency either by non-nationals or by non-residents. So what does that mean? That means that, let's say, in our context, the British pound could be used either by people outside the UK, so non-residents, so for example, could be traded or held by American investors outside the UK, or in a narrow definition, could be held by American investors or issued by American agents in the, within the borders of the UK. So in both cases, depending on how we define it, we're talking about currency internationalization, which means a domestic currency is either traded or held by non-UK, non-nationals, or held or traded offshore outside the UK borders. So that is the traditional definition of currency internationalization and the way it has been analyzed in the literature. Now, what Bianca and I, and also in collaboration with colleagues from the University of Liverpool, have been developing is that actually, rather than these definitions, what really matters is not so much whether, but how currency internationalization takes place and comes about. So what we are arguing is that this currency internationalization is not a linear process, but is actually a variegated one, depending on what type of functions currencies assume in the international economy. And I want to hand over to Bianca. Bianca, maybe you can tell us a bit more about what different types of currency internationalization there are and we've been investigating and maybe what different implications these different types of currency internationalization have, particularly in the context of emerging markets, which we are so concerned with and which have their own policy challenges, if you want so. Thank you very much, Nina. Uh, so when we study currency internationalization, we are not only looking at the degree 
uh, to which a currency is internationalized, but we are mainly looking uh, at which nature these currencies are internationalized. And in, in this literature, we uh, usually use the traditional functions of money, which essentially is means of payment, unit of account, and store of value. Uh, but a question that arises with this is, is, why does it matter? Why does it matter that we study currency internationalization? Well, currency internationalization, not only the degree, but particularly the nature, uh, has a lot of implications for the domestic economy. So if we take uh, as an example the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar is a highly internationalized uh, currency across all the three functions, functions of money that we just mentioned. Um, and that has, a lot, of course, a lot of implications for the U.S. economy. But for example, given that the, the U.S. dollar is widely accepted all over the world, it means that for uh, people of, in the U.S., that transactions, international transaction costs would be much smaller because they don't need to access a foreign currency to be able to make international payments. They can just use the U.S. dollar, for example. Uh, another very important implication, uh, you know, of being the economy that issues the most important currency, the key currency of the system, is that the exchange rate volatility of this currency is much smaller than in other, uh, in the case of other currencies. And of course, this has a lot of impact on uh, the domestic economy. Like, for example, we have lower impact on inflation, you won't damage economic growth, and so on and so forth. Uh, however, this is not the case of less internationalized uh, currencies. It has a, you know, being at the bottom of what the so-called uh, currency hierarchy, where we have the dollar at the top of this hierarchy, and at the bottom we have uh, these less internationalized currencies, is that they, for example, lose their monetary sovereignty. So if we take as an example, at the beginning of the pandemic uh, last year, around April time, uh, some of these emerging market uh, countries uh, had their currencies devaluated in about 20%, which is a huge impact in a very uh, short period of time. So uh, that's why it's really important for us uh, when we are studying economics that we pay attention to uh, not only the degree, but like we said, the nature of currency internationalization. And in that sense, uh, Nina and I have conducted a very, very interesting research about the Brazilian real. Nina, would you like to talk a little bit about that? I'd love to. Thank you, Bianca. So, so based on that research about these different types of functions of money and how money is used in the international economy, and how that maps onto different types of currency internationalization. Bianca and I, together with those with the colleagues at Liverpool, which I've already mentioned, have been um, asked by the Brazilian Central Bank to investigate the process of the internationalization of the real, and also to formulate policy recommendations as to how to govern this internationalization process. And so based uh, on the basis of extensive empirical research, which included both uh, semi-structured interviews, so interviews with foreign exchange market participants and econometrics, we found that the Brazilian real is indeed one of these cases of, if you want, so subordinate monies, or let's put it differently, 
monies on the lower level of the currency hierarchy, which internationalize in a very specific and potentially quite volatile way, which we call short-term investment currency internationalization. So rather than internationalizing like the US dollar, which Bianca has just described, across or along all kinds of money functions, like as a medium of exchange, store of value, actually the Brazilian real, if and when it's used by non-nationals and non-residents, is primarily used as a short-term speculative investment or as a short-term investment currency. Now, and that we show has quite substantial implications, both for exchange rate dynamics and consequently monetary policy, as the, the Brazilian real is relatively volatile compared to developed currencies, but also its peers, which in its turn complicates monetary policy. It's also very uh, vulnerable to what happens on international financial markets. So as we say, whenever, whenever the Fed sneezes, the Brazilian real gets a cold. So the contagion effect from core economies on the Brazilian real being such a short-term investment currencies are very strong and very immediate. And so on the basis of this analysis and the characterization of the Brazilian real and the characterization of these different types of currency internationalization, we recommended to the Brazilian real um, a strategy of um, uh, regional currency regionalization or trade-related currency regionalization. So we recommended that in order to internationalize the Brazilian real in a sustainable and positive way, um, it would be beneficial to, on the one hand, focus on trade operations, so support the Brazilian real as a medium of exchange in trade, and in the first instance, focus on regional operations in the Mercosur, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay, and to some extent Chile, rather than going or enhancing a full-fledged global internationalization process. And in order to achieve this, we specifically recommend the enhancement or the use um, or the increased support to an existing local currency payment and settlement system, which is the so-called SML. And I think Bianca is going to tell you a bit more about the SML and what we found there as being one of the experts on local payment systems. Yeah, thank you, Nina. So, uh, like Nina said, the main, the broad recommendation uh, of our research is that uh, the Brazilian Central Bank should promote the internationalization of the Brazilian real as a trade currency in order to get away from this short-term use of the Brazilian real. But the question here is that uh, how, how can we even do that? Um, and one of the main conclusions of our, of our research uh, is that we recommend the, not only the expansion, but also the development of a local currency payment system called SML, in Portuguese, Sistema de Pagamentos em Moeda Local. And essentially, the SML is an initiative from the Brazilian Central Bank. And uh, the SML essentially allows trade to be, uh, to be done in local currency, which in a way helps to reduce the dependency that these economies have in, in, in the region from the US dollar. Um, however, when we are studying the SML, we noticed that the SML 
is used is still very limited. And uh, when we dig into that, we found that you know, some of our initial results show that the main causes for this limitation in the use of the SML is uh, first, a lack of credit in local currency. And the second one is the uh, lack of advertisement by banks because they don't really profit from these kind of operations. Uh, and finally, uh, one, we also came to the conclusion that promoting the Brazilian real only as a trade currency is not really enough. So we need to promote different types of currency internationalization at the same time in a complementary and simultaneous way in order to uh, go move towards a more uh, stable and positive kind of currency internationalization, as opposed to the short-term use of the Brazilian real only for uh, speculative investments, for example. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Bianca. Now, when we were preparing for this podcast, in a way, we've come to the end of our, of, of our main uh, topic, uh, currency internationalization, the Brazilian real, and the importance of developing regional systems and regional payment systems and, and other functions. Now, one question, though, was so when we present this research, we always get all kinds of questions about, well, you know, how does the international monetary system looks like now? What is happening? So we thought maybe at the end we finish up on a few thoughts or one on, on a few questions which we which we get asked most. And um, I want to give back to, to Bianca, who had kind of like uh, some some interesting thoughts on, you know, where are we? What's the what's the future of the dollar? Is the Chinese remember really rising? And, you know, our central bank digital currency is making a difference to it all. Bianca, can you look into Pandora's box and tell us what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So despite the fact that uh, Nina's research and, and, and mine is mostly focused on the Brazilian real, we also have a broad look in terms of uh, currencies issued by emerging market economies. Uh, and one question that, you know, it, you, we keep uh, we keep getting all the time is that are we moving towards a multipolar system in the sense that nowadays we have a bi bipolar system very clear where we have essentially the US dollar and perhaps uh, the euro being mainly used at the international market but are we moving towards a multipolar system with more currencies uh, to be to be used uh, for international transactions? And I guess we would say not really, at least not in the short term. Uh, what we have been observing more recently is that the Chinese uh, renminbi is being growing at a very fast pace in the international uh, market. But currency internationalization is by nature a very, very slow process. So if we think about uh, the key currency of the international monetary system before the First World War was uh, the British pound and essentially took two world wars plus the Bretton Woods for the US dollar to replace this position of the British pound as the key currency and become the key currency. Um, we also have uh, the euro, which is, you know, has a very relevant participation in the international market. But the U.S. dollar is still the key currency of the system, and it will continue to be so in the short term. Another question that we also get uh, many times is about central bank digital currencies, because I think this is a very 
hot topic at the moment is on the news all the time. But in terms of research, we, we still think that it's too early to discuss that or to draw any conclusions about that. But our main thought here is that we don't really see this as a threat to the use of national currencies at the international level, at least not in the near future. Brilliant. Thank you, Bianca. I could not, I mean, we've discussed it, but I couldn't agree more with you. And I think actually quite to the contrary, I think the dollar has just been strengthened um, through the recent COVID crisis and the active action of the Fed now and how it has supported um, other, uh, other currencies in the system. So there's definitely no end in sight to the dominance of the dollar. And with that, I guess we, we leave you all. And if you have any questions, then we're here and we're always very happy to discuss currencies. And if you'd like to know more information about our research, uh, we also have the report that we are preparing uh, for the central bank about currency internationalization, in particular, the internationalization of the Brazilian real. It's available on the page. So thank you very much for listening. And we are more than happy to take any further questions if you want to via email. Thank you very much. <laughs>